0: Welcome to the Accelerate Podcast, a podcast for high-performing current and aspiring female founders and CEOs across Africa. And for those who also have a passion for Africa, this is the place to learn about the critical success factors and best practices of some of the most amazing, high-performing female founders and CEOs. As we help you grow to be the best version of you, achieve time and financial freedom whilst living a significant life. Thanks for tuning in to listen. I'm your host, Neka Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Accelerate Podcast. I'm always really excited to come on to introduce my guests and also learn and this is from all ages. You know, initially it was, I had started this when I turned 50 and I thought it was going to be interviewing, you know, ladies who are 50 and doing amazing things. But now my guests have included amazing leaders from across Africa who are in their 30s, 40s. And you get to learn from, you know, different generations. And you and I am also learning um, as well from them. So I'm so delighted to introduce my guest, Rita Gaki Njuguna, who I met close to two years now. Rita has over 20 years of experience in strategy, partnerships, program, innovation, and business management, fueling growth, competitive advantage, and transformative change in the technology and energy sectors. She's experienced in leading cross-functional teams, in delivering strategic initiatives proven to improve systems, processes and bottom line results. And we're gonna learn more about that. She's extremely passionate about technology, youth and women empowerment on all fronts, economically, intellectually, and even socially. Rita is a board member of the Event Managers Association of Kenya and a co-founder of Goga Experiential Company which is a leading conference and events company in East Africa that runs platforms Digital and Technology Week and Digital Media Awards. She's also a co-founder of Zuri Foundation, which aims to champion women change makers through Zuri Awards linkages, training and mentorship, fundraising, and is a women launchpad. She's also co-founder of Mama's Spices and most recently set of operations for an upcoming Pan-African fintech company called Imali Pay as well. Rita, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to ask how you juggle it. Well, first, before, before the welcome, you know, I, I'm just going on, you know. Oh, yeah, before then, she's worked for both local and international brands. So brand when somebody's makes brand, I means she's a marketing expert, and she is indeed a marketing expert um, with many international and local um, brands a master's and bachelor's degree in strategic management and also a postgraduate diploma from Chartered Institute of Marketing. Rita, welcome. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Neeka. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah?
1: And, uh, yes, I'm quite challenged to be here as I hear it was 50s and above, but now I'm, I'm excited that I'm part of that
0: <laughs> group.
1: <laughs> I, I can't wait to be 50.
0: Well, yeah, I- that's why even those who are 50s and 60s would learn yeah. from others, right? Because it's multi-generational, right? And with emerging trends with things moving so quickly right you learn from different areas and this what this platform is about just an idea can trigger a thinking in the listeners and say oh yeah I could do this you know so looking forward to this conversation with you let's talk about how we met Rita incidentally was a coaching client of mine and Rita let's talk about that tell me and from there or through that has now set up Mama Spices. Tell us about the thinking and how you got started with that. And
1: Uh, so when we met, I had just been retrenched. It was COVID period. I'd just been retrenched and worked for a solar company for four years, set it up from ground. It was a startup also at that time. And I was in this space trying to figure myself out and you know, trying to wonder what next. And I know that time I was very confused. Having worked for over 20 years, you're trying to figure out, okay, fine, I just got retrenched. What do you do next? It's COVID period. I'm a wife and a mother of two kids. I'm thinking, okay, fine, I have a lifestyle I've managed. So that's our biggest challenge when you've worked all your life. You've maintained a certain way you want your things to be. Now you're being given this check and being told, see you later. And it's COVID period. And you're thinking, okay, what do I do? So along the way, I was sitting in the house and I thought, since I'm sitting in the house, why don't I start something that is going to benefit not only myself, but also the community? Because I'm really big on helping others. It just comes naturally, I think, because I've been brought up by a mother who took care of everybody. My father's siblings all lived with us at some point in our lives. Yes. You know, that's the African culture. I grew up, yes, we are only five of us, but we are always, at some point, we are 20 in the house. How we slept, I can't remember till today, but we all slept in that house and we all ate, So there was never a scarcity of food. So my kids, when I started off, it was more about, let me get some a product for the kids, especially because I was already doing it in the house. My sister is a designer and uh, her background is product design. At the same time, just she told me, you know what, you come in, I'll help you with your design. My mother, on the other hand, is asking me, you always give us everything in your house, beet chilies. I lived in Haiti for two years. So on the process, I learned how to blend chilies together and just make that Caribbean nice taste on chilies. So I used to give that to my brothers. Anybody comes in used to get something from my house. So my mom asked me, why don't you commercialize this? I mean, you're already doing it in your house. Why don't you do it in a big way? That's when I met my auntie along the way. And this is July. This was later after we had met, after I talked to you. So my auntie is a food scientist. She told me, this is how you develop the product. And that's how Mama's Spices started. My background is marketing is also product development. I've done product development for the technology business. So because of that, I needed to put the product together in the right way. I knew it couldn't be something that is cooked in the kitchen because it wouldn't be licensed by the Kenya Kenya Bureau of Standards. So I needed to ensure that that licensing is there. So I had to go into training and a lady called Patokelo, I'll never forget from Kayana, tells me there's a place called Kirdi, which is Kenya Industrial Research Development Institute, where the government gives you training on how to. So when I was doing my paste, I was just doing it. So I do ginger paste, garlic paste, ginger, garlic paste and some chili. When I used to do it in the house, it was more. I can look at the measurement and say, okay, this is enough for one kilo. But guess what? When you're going into the market, you can't just do that. Because in case someone gets food poisoning, then you can get into trouble. So going to Kirdi helped me just to formulate the product well. And yes, I formulated. And in October, smack on my birthday, I was called by someone at Kebs. She told me it was actually a blessing. I was out in the market. I'll never forget it was a Saturday. I actually cried. Because everybody has always said Kebs is the hardest place to ever get a certification. She told me you have your certification. Now you can go out.
0: For non-Kenyan listeners, CAPS is like the, the standards agency, right?
1: Anybody going into manufacturing, it's a standard, yes. Right. So I knew the next thing I'm a marketer, how hard is it? I started walking into all the supermarkets in Kenya. And the next thing, I'm already in three big supermarkets. I started my own website. I started doing social media myself. I know I've become lazy of late, but I just started doing everything. Then the next thing my mother tells me, you remember where we used to live? There's a corner somewhere where you can take the garage and convert it into a kitchen. And yes, I moved from Kirdi, which was a training institute, to now my own kitchen. And um, the rest, I can say, has been quite an interesting journey with mamas. I told you from the beginning, my love for women never ends. So... I think we spoke with you and you told me I need to find my purpose and I would tell anybody out there if it's possible when you're really young discover your purpose because that aligns with your career automatically I didn't have a coach young earlier or no one told me about coaching and I always say thank you to Celestine who led me to ever meet you so Celestine told me you know what Rita you seem so confused why don't you meet a coach I'll, and then I told her, uh, okay, I want to meet a coach who also has some Christianity need and who will understand where I'm coming from, yes. Because a lot of people will coach you how to make money. I'm not interested in making money fast. I think money follows when you make an impact. And Absolutely. that's my drive in everything that I do, yes. And I think from our coaching session, I think, you know, we, I, my sister and I started Zuri
0: Foundation, which is, I know you'll ask questions about it along the way. Yes. No, I mean, and thank you for the compliment. We have so many things to unpack here for what really happened. Yeah. First, you were retrenched, right? So already that meant you know, 20 years of marketing, you know, high flyer, now retrenched, no work. And even having the frame of mind to think of something, right? Or even listen to people getting input because then some other people who you are close to know you better. And so you are open to those ideas. You also invested in the coach even at that time when you were not earning money, right? Yes, it wasn't for a long period, but at least you committed. And you also did the work of that process of finding your purpose and all that. And I see that in foundation from the events, this leading um, marketing event that you have, how were you able to move from the idea saying, "Mm, I can do this to now being reality? Because you are not an expert in producing. You are not an expert in manufacturing. How were you able to transform that?
1: So you remember my coaching with you was more about understanding what did I want when I was young? And that really started, I started thinking, what what did I really want when I was young? Uh, I remember in high school, actually, I was called for BSc. I loved chemicals, by the way. If you put this and this, you get something else. And I'm good in, I also love maths. So... Number one, the food part of it was specifically because of my kids, and I already did it in the house. Number two, just understanding that if I go into mama's, it will be the same formulation, what I always loved, formulating things. That for me was a profound, I'd never thought about it, till we talked and you started asking me, start looking at what you're doing and relate it back to your past. I had never started thinking about it that way. So everything I did before that was, it never related to my past, so that is what drove me to doing it because I knew I always wanted to formulate something. What it was, I didn't know. Right. And my sister being a serial entrepreneur, her, she does everything and anything. And she's also a lecturer in the university. So, and being brought up by a mother who did 81 things, yes. And just, I think even talking to you and understanding, you always have a lot of revenue streams for you to get to where you're going. So that became my other revenue stream for the time being and also keeping me busy. Because if you think about if I wasn't busy at that time, I'd have actually gone into depression because I was easily sleeping into depression. For one month, I actually slept and did nothing. By the time I was seeing you, it was one month into not doing anything. By the time mm-hmm. I was seeing you, I had not finished my actually my postgraduate in CIM. I did it during that period
0: also. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yes,
1: I did it. You remember me telling you yes. yes,
0: that you were doing that, right? Yes.
1: And I was not in a space to do it. But guess what? After that, I started doing everything I had packed aside, just talking to you and telling me, you know what, just find your life purpose. That's more important than anything else. Because mm-hmm. I guess I had met so many people who mentor me and tell me it's about money. So and people don't understand. There are people who are not driven by money. So yes, for me, yes, I need the money, but it doesn't drive me to a point of doing things. Okay. It'll make me let me do something for someone, then earn something out of it. Not the other way. Let me not let me earn something, then help someone. I don't do life that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to bring out the nuggets of the things that you see. Yes, it's your experience and all that. Yeah, um. Yeah. One is around kind of, and I say that all the time, in terms of what is it that you have, right? I did a webinar, um, I think two weeks ago, and it's about like your skills inventory. What do you have in your hand, right? And you were then able to put what you have, your experience, the things you like and created something that you are not even necessarily thinking about, you know, of doing. So at times we tend to, okay, what can I do, what can I do? It may not be something that you already know about, but it will have trends of your experience and within all that, um, like a bigger future, right? Something much bigger, like what you have now. I mean, your products all in about three or four department stores. Okay, Rita, that's just one pillar of what you do, right? Let's move to the second pillar. And that has to do with the Digital and Technology Week, which is a leading marketing um event that's held in Kenya. What prompted this? Again, this is now from idea yes. to something running now consistently. I was talking with um Kenya Institute of Bankers, right? And they were giving a lot of kudos credits to the event, right? And so you are known in that fair of marketing, of social media, of technology, all fusing together. And not just this institution like the KIB, but also other institutions talk very highly of Digital and Technology Week, which was formerly Social Media Week, what prompted you to get that going and consistently maintaining it as well. Yes,
1: so when we started GoGaga in 2013, actually for me, GoGaga was, I was in Haiti. I was trying to see why don't I start something at home. And uh, my passion has always been putting things together. And you see how everything goes together everywhere I go. Yeah. So when I'm in Haiti, I'm telling my sister, you have this company called GoGaga that does furniture. Yes. I'm good with marketing. Why don't I do GoGaga experiential? So and that's how it all started. At that point, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just, I knew it has to do with events. And my background is technology. So I knew I had the network. So, and that is something people have to realize. Your network is your network. So I had worked for so many years and I was trying to figure out, if I come to Kenya, I can walk into most of technology companies and I know people there and I tell them, you know what, give me give me something to do with your event. So initially when we started, it was more about I want a bottle, I give someone a bottle. I want this, I want a pen, let me do a branded pen. That's how we started. Then as we went along, itself morphing into something else. So I have a friend from Nigeria, actually. I think me and Nigerians, we are stuck together. We were in Haiti with her. She's called Olufanke. So she's called Fanke. I call her Fanke, my calls. Funke Fanke was our head of marketing at that time, I was uh, head of products in uh, Mm DigiCell. So she went to MIT, when she's at MIT, she starts calling me and telling me, you know what? You see, they do this Africa Innovate Week in um, the Sloan School of Management at MIT. And my biggest challenge is the people who come here are people who've lived in African-Americans or just Americans who attend, but they don't talk about the issues in Africa. So you're in Kenya, I'm in MIT. How can you start getting Kenyans or Nigerians? For us, it was very specific. I'm in Kenya, she knows Nigerians. How do you get them to MIT during that Africa Innovate Week to actually talk about Africa Innovate Conference, which is normally at the first quarter of every year in MIT, to come and actually talk about technology and things that can happen in Kenya, and basically just give it to the MIT students. Because a lot of the MIT students actually either live there have lived in America, so it's easy for them. How do you come and tell them this is Africa? Not from a storytelling point of view, but from actual facts. So from there, we agreed, let's look for Kenyans. I'm sitting in Kenya. I remember getting the CEO of Centum to sponsor. I remember getting Safaricom to go. I mean, this conference, Africa Innovate Conference, just became the it. I'm getting the, at that time, the now CS of Education. That's our cabinet secretary for education in Kenya, actually took him, at that time he was a vice chancellor at the University of Nairobi. We took him to MIT to actually talk in MIT and say, this is Kenya because we needed people to talk about, this is Kenya or this is Africa. These are the things we are doing in education and also see how do you partner MIT and all. So at the same time, she did the same thing with Nigeria. I worked with some of her colleagues in Nigeria and we brought in people actually to the MIT conference. So that was Gogaga. It was known for doing the MIT conference every year. Mm -hmm. So during the MIT conference, we met these people who do Social Media Week. And Social Media Week at that time was already in Lagos. So they say, why don't you take this franchise into Kenya? I remember telling my sister this, and she's telling me, this is ridiculous. We are getting a franchise, oh my God, from New York, I say yes. And it's actually in X number of countries. They told her, yes, it's actually, and they've agreed to give it to us. So we apply, we get it as Nairobi, and we have the franchise for Nairobi. And we sit down with my sister, I love numbers. We sit down with an accountant, we've done our numbers. Let me tell you, now being the Kenyan I am, I was going to become a millionaire the first year of social media week, seven years ago. I did my Excel document, did how much I'm going to get in sponsorship, which I did get sponsorship. Did ticketing, I saw how ticketing is going to sell. I mean, you're already talking, all these brands want to be involved with you because you're bringing an international conference and it's being backed up by really serious brands like uh, Meltwater coming on board, they're coming in. You know, it was really big. So we picked this conference center in town called KSCC. We put people there. Guess what? The Friday before the event was starting on Monday and it was meant to be a whole week, we we're doing it at KSCC and Strathmore University because we we're also targeting youth. So we get Coke to sponsor the youth conferences in Strathmore. It was, it was a magnitude. We had thought about it. Then the government decides Monday is going to be a public holiday. The cabinet secretary of ICT was opening the ceremony. If government opened that ceremony, it would have been a bust for us, yes? We had done a lot of PR. We'd done. Then we made a mistake of making it virtual. We didn't understand that Kenyans would lock it virtually to look at it we had over 400 speakers
0: the first year.
1: At NECA it's called, uh, how you estimate and what happens. And in Kenya, we call it things on the ground are different.
0: Yes. Very different, yes. Very
1: different. So we were went at a loss of almost 10 million Kenya shillings. That was how much, almost, a, uh, how much is 10 million? $100,000. Yes,
0: $100,000 $100, in your first yeah. year.
1: In our first year. Remember, we are still young in our business. So I remember telling my sister after two years, I have debt, honestly. And, and maybe to just tell everyone, I always worked when I was running my business. Reason being is I always feel I have so much energy, pent up energy, especially for the technology and change, you know, any industry that brings change. So I, at that time, I was a regional manager for uh, MCI, which was the Apple Uh, Apple, the product, value added distributor for. So I was managing Kenya, uh, Tanzania, Uganda, Rwanda, and Ethiopia. So it was quite easy for me to multitask. And actually, Bogaka offices were my offices at 14 Riverside. That was really interesting. So $100,000 later was broke. And um, I remember two years into it or three years into it, I'm telling my mother, oh, I'm done. I can't keep on telling people I'll pay them. The little money we're making from our business, we keep on giving people, we can't. So I remember three years ago, 2018 or 2019, now telling my sister, let's make the decision. We are bankrupt, let's just declare bankruptcy and move on with our lives. But yes, we close this business. And my mother being my mother says, you know, you owe people money. How are you declaring bankruptcy? So she tells us, this is a sense check. Can you continue praying? And uh, I'll be honest with you, a month later on, Facebook came knocking. We've come into East Africa. We're coming in a bigger way. We need you to start handling our events. You're already part of our supply list from all those social media week events we're doing with them. They always used to come in as speakers, never giving us anything but partnering with us. They came in and said, fine, now we're in East Africa. We need an events company. You're the only people coming into it, who we know. And that's how our journey with GoGaga started. It just blew out of proportion. Facebook came in, did a lot of events. 2019, beginning of 2020, just before COVID. Then COVID obviously happened. But our journey with Facebook was the best story we can ever give. We've had support also from Safaricom, who's also been one of our, uh, we've been suppliers at Safaricom for some time. Then we have other companies, BCS. We get LinkedIn. So because of social media, we could start getting big brands. And right. getting these big brands, you have to think out, out of the box. So my Absolutely. sister is a designer, so she mm. thinks out of the box. So they do support us a lot, especially when it comes to Digital and Technology Week, which we launched right. last year. We morphed it out of Social Media Week because, for us, Africa is the goal. Social Media Week is a franchise from the U.S. We've made our name in the market. How do we now morph it out and just now become Digital and Technology Week? And we can sell our franchise in Africa
0: and grow it within mm. Africa. And yeah, that's we'll our look that. Yes, it's been quite quite a story for us. I mean, and, who would have imagined, Rita, right? I mean, that in your first year, young entrepreneurs <laughs> having over $100,000 in debt, you maintained it. And then also you continue doing other things as yes. well while this baby was growing or being not growing as fast. Yes. And because of that consistency, Facebook comes knocking. Can you imagine if after the first year you'd said, no, you're done? And this happens to entrepreneurs who are really struggling. You have this idea, you, you know that it can work, there's a market out there, but for some reason it's not going as well. There are stories like this, hopefully would encourage you uh, to keep going. And that will lead me to my next question, which is the fact that you're on a third pillar as well. And I would, your fourth pillar will be the foundation is that you've just taken up another role, you know, you so you've gone back into employment, right? When things are kind of going up, you have your technology media week, you have Mama Spices, but I remember, I mean, obviously you have over 20 years experience being in employment and now you are, you know, working with this um, growing fintech company. Yeah. Why did you decide to go back into full-time employment? Because yeah. I have similar experience as well.
1: As you grow your business, you start learning that we've hired. So during 2020, we took a break. Actually, we didn't close shop. We just decided well, to restart. Right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So 2021, a lot of people, when they were firing, we actually hired in 2021 as GoGaga from April last year. We met this company called Tactive, run by some Kenyans and some Zimbabweans. They came in and told us, why don't we help you figure out your growth platform? And that has really helped us because one of the decisions we made was to split out a platform that was called Zuri Awards from GoGaga and let it run on its own because it had life of its own. And because of also doing digital media awards, which is something we celebrate every year, just ROI, especially an engagement, which is run by agencies and brands. We celebrate them every year. And if you look at it, most of it, you hear it's an award. But for us, it's more about recognition of what people are doing in the market. Mm -hmm. So I remember and I talked to you and I told you, OK, fine, I need to feel my business to move to the next level. In most cases, most people will run to the bank, which was always the first decision we made. But we learned along the way, yes, and this is something, if you have an account, if you have a running, for example, now I'm working in malipe It'll be easy for me to get a bank loan, which is affordable, or a circle loan, because I do have a pay payslip. And there comes a time when my brain needs to be used at times, honestly, because... At the
0: level where you've utilized yes, at the level, people, right? Yes, yes. yes, at the level I am,
1: I need to be so engaged because I think I get really easily bored, especially when things work. You know how your business now is working on its own, then you're thinking, okay, fine, what next I need to be? So when I met the team from Imalipe, it's a startup, one and a half years, Yes. I listened to their story. They're trying to target the gig workers in Africa. If you look at what gig workers are, it's basically anybody online. Let's start from Uber drivers. In Kenya, they're called Bolt drivers. Uh, the drivers, yeah? The Boda drivers. The motorbike drivers. In Kenya, we do have the motorbike. It's quite big in Kenya, yes. In Nigeria,
0: the they're called Okada.
1: Yes, the Okadas, yes. So the Kadas, the Bodas in Kenya, it's quite a big business. Tok-tok. yes. Yes, the tuk-tuk also in Mombasa because tuk-tuk is big
0: in Mombasa. Yeah, sorry, that's in Mombasa, yes.
1: Yes, so in Mombasa it's tuk-tuk. So you see, they have the apps. They use online a lot. They do hailing, ride hailing. What we have done now that I'm here is just try to understand, this person does not have a credit rating no matter where you go unless you're banking or you're looking for their credit rating we needed to understand how can we assist them and for me that is impact and that is one of the reasons i keep to malibu it. it's about impacts in the community where they're trying to understand this uber driver requires fuel at times if you use one of these healing rights you'll find at some point the guy is saying i don't have fuel so this is out of need How do you assist them to get fuel now and maybe pay tomorrow? So we're in the BNPL, which is buy now, pay later business. And guess what? They can come in and borrow. They can get fuel as affordable as $5 and pay the following day because they need that $5 fuel. But as they do that, the more they transact with us, they're able to build a credit history with us, then move from fuel to smartphones to anything else we have insurance to at some point even cars themselves so it's a work to think what our products can be but remember Mm -hmm. we are building history with these people and we're building their credit history not based on the crbs and all those things but our personal credit history Mm -hmm. and you know data is king imagine having Mm -hmm. all this data yes so for me it's more about impact yet again impact and using my brain cells as i call them i felt for two years i've just been building something which has grown mama's is running i have a team running it go gaga my sister has always been the ceo i've always been the other child in the family there but yes it's growing on its own yes but if they do need my assistance they call me it's not that i'm i'm not far away they can talk to me once in a while when they
0: need to yes right some people may think that "Mm, because i have a I'm like a founder or a CEO of the company. Why then should I? It's kind of like going backwards in taking up yeah. employment. But you've given the reasons why. So for even helping your other businesses grow, you have a paycheck. It's easier to get a, a loan to grow the business. Also yeah. about impact and contributing right to the society. Along with that, and then leveraging your over 20 years experience in a yeah, startup, but they require that skill set at that yeah. level. You know, you're coming as an executive. At that level. Yeah. And so I believe for entrepreneur, it's also important to consider that I also, in fact, I met you because I moved to Kenya when I took up an employment, right, with SAP, even though I had my consulting business, but I felt it was important to do that and get that stability. And then it was just before COVID and Kenya opened up to me. I wouldn't have gone into Kenya and expanded that. So I'm really aligned with your thinking around, you know, taking up and paid employment for such a time as well. All right. The last but not the least, um, as we begin to wrap up, is Zuri Foundation. I know that's very dear to your heart. Yeah. In terms of empowering other women, why are you doing that? And why is it important to you?
1: So let's even start from how Zuri started. Zuri started from a round table from social media week. So everything that we have started off actually from social media week, as we went ahead with social media week, you get this whole network of people coming along so these women start saying, you know, it's International Women's Day, we are doing this, you hear know, yeah, someone else is doing this. So yeah, everybody is doing something and they have a budget line, especially in the corporate space, be it Oracle, be it Microsoft, be it who. Then at that time, the gender, uh, gender the, there was a lady in charge of gender within the government. She told us to put together a roundtable of women, which we did. And from that table, you listen to everybody and you hear the story is still the same. The story is the same thing. They always celebrate the same women day in, day out, forgetting there's that woman somewhere in the rural area who's really doing something for someone else. And they're doing it out of their passion. Who will ever celebrate them? And that's how we started Zuri. It was about celebrating that woman who's not known. So if I say change makers, it is unknown change makers. It's not just change makers. Like you, Neka, who's a won awards, you can never win Zuri awards. You can put in your application a hundred times, you'll never win it. Because you're already known in the market. Mm-hmm. And what is powerful for us was digital storytelling. I know digital. How do I tell this woman's story? I remember the first year just speaking, this lady called uh, Buya. She was in university celebrating, doing p- policy, making for student moms. When I say student moms in Kenya, in university at six months, If you get pregnant, you're you're told out of the hostels. So if you're getting out of the hostels, they go live near the school. It's not safe for them. They don't even tell their parents. I remember I couldn't tell my parents if I ever got pregnant when I was in campus. They paid a lot of money. You know how African mothers are. They'll take you through a guilt trip till you want to. You just not want to tell them what is going on in your life during those days. Yes. So for me, with that story of Buya, starting that for herself, she's not even a student mom. She wants to do policy making for these student moms to be the first to get if there are jobs within the university, for them to form a community so that in case I'm going to class, I can leave my child with another student mom. Yes? Because the challenge is these kids used to be locked up, imagine, in a room and this child and this mother goes to class because she has no one to leave the child with. So with that story, the first year is what now made me realize what I need to do. That first year, you know how you decide, let me do it the first year. And I'll be honest with you, we've never broken even with Zuri, even one year. Never. It has always been our, between my sister and I, and my my sister's daughter is called Zuri and she's named after me. So for me, it's also a passion of, it's, it's a whole thing because Zuri in Africa, in Kenya means Zuri in Kiswahili, something good. So how do you push that now into other people's lives? And if you look at Buya right now, she's been to how many universities, she's almost in seven universities in uh, western region in Kenya, supporting these girls. And all we needed to do is give her story. She ended up in Nelson Mandela University for her training because she won some. After that, she used the same video because we normally do for them videos and digital storytelling. She used the same video to actually take it to a South Africa participation where she won. Came back and worked for Vivo Energy who enabled her to learn how to create a CBO, community-based organization. And it does well.
0: That was because you told her story and celebrated her.
1: (laughs) told her story and celebrated. How right. was it? We didn't do yeah. much. Yeah. So imagine if we give the African stories and what we do before the event itself, we take it to an exhibition for two days where you, we pay for that exhibition for these ladies. Stay there, tell your story to anybody who's walking in. There's a lady who has a salon that trains women within Kawangware. Kawangware is more of our lower development within the Kenyan space. And as she was sitting there, USAID, someone from USAID walked in had her story and were able to pay for her training for women for one year because this is tertiary training.
0: Yeah. Right. So how does it make you feel beyond, because this is more like social entrepreneurship or like your foundation, right? And arm am of now being a blessing yes. beyond the money. How does that make you feel?
1: I meet these girls, I get excited just thinking, and I think this is, when you told me to find my purpose, you remember I told my purpose was, I wanted to open a children's home when I was a kid. And like, I, I don't know what kids were thinking about. I was, I used to look at street kids. I used to feel I was it was painful for me. So I knew I need to build this big mansion in Kenya and put all this, what I've gone through, I've been blessed by my parents. So I thought, oh, this is what I need these children to go through. Yes. But now along the way, girls came along my way and yes. everywhere I've worked, you can ask all the girls. I thrive on mentorship. I try and mentor these women. Maybe not. I don't even call it mentorship. I talk to them because mentorship for me means that you want to go into sales. Look for someone in the sales line.
0: And That's uh, it. Exactly. So that's that's, mentorship that is, for me. Yes. No, so we, we I, agree, align on that. Exactly. Yes. So
1: for me, I think I even coach them. I'm not a certified coach, but maybe I do coach them in just what I've gone through, you know, tell okay. them what I've gone through. Yes. So I'm very clear. It's not mentorship. I try and tell them this is what life has taught me. How do you maybe pick one or two things from that and also apply in your lives? Mm-hmm. So and even here in Himalipe, I think I've been here for four days. The only thing I can
0: give you is what I have learned along the way of my life. is a lot yes. in your short yes. years of existence. So yes. one other question as we kind of get now landing is you do have a lot of relationships and you're able to put people together, connect. How would you advise somebody to do that? You know, particularly women, you know, who are so engrossed with things. Of course, they have the family front, the home front and all that, and that, Net, what i call up about, about, leveraging or building relationships. How have you been able to do that so successfully?
1: So let's start. This was my motto when I started working. I met a lady that time. She's called Jerry Rionge. She was my boss. I was still in campus. Uh, let me tell you the thrashing I got. The, at that point, I wanted to quit work. That was in 2000. I had said, "This is enough." And I was in campus. I had not been asked by my parents to work. No, I was in campus. But for me, it was. I need to earn some money to buy my clothes because the clothes I want to, my parents will not buy for me. I used to love going out. For me, I've always been a social person. So going out was a must, but my parents would give me X amount of money. I needed Y. So I decided, let me go work so that I can earn my Y to be able to go out. Yes. So my network, I've looked at it for the last 20 years. What have I done in the market? I don't burn bridges, by the way. I'm very clear about it. I'm still very close with my former teams the people I used to work with I called my boss the other day after two years I told him hi I was just saying hi because I believe you don't know where someone is going to take you next all my jobs in the last almost seven years have been referrals and if I think NECA there's something I think you can earn from someone else I will always connect you I don't believe in holding information growing up we're told information is power that is not true Giving out information is power. Let everybody That's know it. about it. And if you look at it, if you hold like this, you won't get blessings. You need to open, give out information so that everybody can learn along the way. And that has been my motto. And now when it comes to networking, so it's easy for me to call anybody. I've been here for four days. I'm telling them, OK, fine. What did you want result? I've already talked to someone who will help us with this. Yes. But guess what? It wasn't someone I knew directly. I had to call someone. So it's more about integrity and trust along the way. How did people trust you? Did you do the right thing? I can tell you if today I stood here and someone tries to tell me I did something bad, please show me what I did bad. That for me, integrity is what matters. Mm -hmm. Then even within our business, we have values that we live on. There are some things we'll never do as a business. We're not going to bribe. We're not going to do this. I'm laughing today because two of our salespeople were caught by the council. Uh, They're wearing branded T-shirts. And this guy is saying, yeah, you need to pay $50,000 or we'll take them to sell. So the first thing, very quick, human nature, I tried to bribe because that's how we are as humans. Then immediately I said, let me get back to you. I sat back. I said, oh my God, if I start bribing day four into the business, I'll keep on bribing for the rest of my life. So I called a friend of mine who used to work in the council and tells me, no, you're not meant to be caught. Friday is not a day to be caught in the afternoon. Courts are closed. And I'm sorry, then the lady on the ground says, actually, we've even been caught by a car that is not branded. So I called the gentleman, I told him, actually, just take them, take them to prison, wherever you are taking, just take them, but they cannot enter your car. Make sure it's the government car taking them to prison. Number two, just know it's a Friday. You know, if there's a court open, take them to court to make it even worse. Then I told them, and since I'm also wearing an Imali shirt come and catch me. Because you're not meant to catch anybody wearing a branded T-shirt. Anybody can wear a branded T-shirt in the market. Mm. No sooner had I said that, those people took off in one minute. So the ladies were calling me, what happened? I said, yes. So integrity and also value for yourself. I was very quick as an individual to want to bribe, because that's how we do it in Africa. But the minute I realized, the more I bribe, the more I'll keep on bribing for the rest of my life. Is that what I want as Rita? Is that the name I want to leave behind? So that is it for me. As a person, what do you want? What is the legacy you want to leave behind? Yes, there's a network, but the network follows you if you've built it along the way. And it's built through trust, through a lot of trust and integrity. Who will believe Rita? The minute someone says, you're hiring Rita, that's okay, just hire. You know, Mm -hmm. she'll be trustworthy, she'll be watchable, yes. But what do people say about you as an individual? So you can have that network, but guess what? You've messed up your network along the way. Let me be honest, it's not going to help you. Mm.
0: So it's
1: not going to help you, yes. And maybe because of the years I've worked, I know many people along the way, yes. Right.
0: And, I and then obviously, you, as you said, you don't build the bridges. You would call up people yes. and looking for information, helping people out, yes. right? I and sharing know. information, yeah. right? And I've seen that in you as well. So Rita, I want to thank you for, for this time. Any final words um, as we wrap up? If you, anything you want to say that just comes to mind or you're thinking about that you maybe have not said?
1: Yes, in life, and this is maybe to other people in life, what you do today will matter tomorrow. And maybe that's what I'm learning every other day. And also just going along, we are older. I think we are an older generation. We are leaders. Yes. We need to do not hold on to that leadership. I mean, in Malipi, I have a purpose being here. Once I outlive my purpose, I should be able to have left someone else who can take up my role. I need to go on leave. I can't hold to this in position for long. I need to be able to bring other people along and bring them with you. So that by the time you're going, if I'm going on leave today, I know someone can do the work. I don't have to think about what happens. And maybe that's what leadership is all about. We need to think beyond managers because a lot of us are managers. We need to think about leadership and leadership is really key. It's not about just being the one to lead. You need to learn people and the value
0: of people so that you can be able to grow with them. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. Those are the words by Rita and Jigina. Thank you so much for being my guest. Truly delighted to have learned from you. I'm going to go back and make my notes (laughs) right around that. (laughs) Thank Thank you Thank you. I know it's evening there. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Make your comments and please share this with your friends. As I always say, as you're working to live a successful life, endeavor to make sure that it's one of significance. Until then, God bless and catch you soon. This concludes this episode of Accelerates. All the information links will be down in the show notes. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice on Apple. This will make sure you don't miss any of the amazing content we have lined up and rolling out for you. If you love this episode, it will mean a lot if you would leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Finally, if you haven't connected with me over on Instagram and you're interested in learning more about similar episodes and all that's happening before they even get announced publicly, let's make sure to connect over there at Accelerate or Neck and on Instagram. But with all that said, I appreciate you being here. I look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. And until I see you in the next episode, endeavor to grow, profit, and make an impact.